morning, everyone. Today, we're going to be discussing sections 58 and 59 in the Doctrine and Covenants. Remember the call to Zion? Well, the saints arrived in Independence, Missouri, the city of Zion, and, well, this isn't what we expected. It was kind of how it went. I guess they pictured a thriving community with a strong group of saints, and instead it was a sparsely populated outpost on the edge of civilization. It was inhabited by rough frontier settlers rather than saints. And the call to Zion was not just come, but build Zion. So when you think of Zion, think of a place, but also think of a people. What is Zion? It is defined as, in section 97, verse 21, it is defined as the pure in heart. And I'm going to quote that scripture. Therefore, verily, thus saith the Lord, let Zion rejoice, for this is Zion, the pure in heart. Therefore, let Zion rejoice while all the wicked shall mourn. In the scriptures, Zion, the place, is the ancient city of Jerusalem. It's the city of Zion that we read about in Moses 7. It's the new Jerusalem in Jackson County, Missouri. But Zion is also a people. The Lord called Enoch's people Zion, quote, because they were of one heart, one mind, dwelt in righteousness, and there was no poor among them. Elsewhere, he said, for this is Zion, the pure in heart, as I've already mentioned. So what's the opposite of Zion? Babylon. The city of Babylon was originally Babel of the Tower of Babel fame and later became the capital of the Babylonian Empire. From Elder D. Todd Christofferson, speaking of Babylon, he said, its worldliness, its worship of evil, and the captivity of Judah, there following the conquest of 587 BC, all combined to make Babylon the symbol of decadent societies and spiritual bondage. It is with this backdrop that the Lord said to the members of his church, Go ye out of Babylon, gather ye out from among the nations, from the four winds, from one end of heaven to, the, to another. He called for the elders of the church to be sent forth across the world to accomplish this gathering, commencing an effort that continues in full vigor today. And behold, and lo, this shall be their cry, and the voice of the Lord unto all people. Go ye forth unto the land of Zion, that the borders of my people may be enlarged, that her stakes may be strengthened, that Zion may go forth unto the regions round about. And so today the people are gathering out from among the nations as they gather into congregations and stakes of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that are scattered throughout the nations. Close quote. So in today's study, the saints were called to build the place of Zion in Missouri, but they didn't qualify to build that holy city. And the Lord explained one of the reasons for their fa failure. Quote, They have not learned to be obedient to the things which I required at their hands, but are full of all manner of evil, and do not impart of their substance at, as becometh saints to the poor and afflicted among them. 
and are not united according to the union required by the law of the celestial kingdom. That's found in Doctrine and Covenants 105, 3-4. There were jarrings and contentions and envyings and strifes and lustful, covetous desires among them. Therefore, by these things they polluted their inheritances. That's in Doctrine and Covenants 101, 6. So they couldn't build the place Zion because they weren't a people Zion. So with that said, how are we doing today? Isn't that the question we want to consider? We're building a Zion people in our family. We're striving to become a Zion person within that family. So let's look at the sections that we're studying today and see where we can find the counsel that invites us to become a Zion person. We're going to consider three major topics, unity, holiness, and caring for the poor. So starting with unity, in section 58, verses 42 and 43, repentance and being willing to say you're sorry, that contributes to the unity of a group. In 59, verses 5 and 6, love your neighbor as yourself. Be inviting, be friendly. Think about that in your family. How can you love your family members as yourself? Uh, 59, verse 7, live in gratitude. It's easy to look for the things that aren't right, the things that that stand out and are negative. But put that aside and live in gratitude. 59 verse 8, be willing to sacrifice for each other. And 59, 15, be cheerful. Holiness, our second topic. In 58, 26 through 29, we're counseled, be anxiously engaged in a good cause. Think about your position in your family. Are you anxiously engaged in a good cause in strengthening and creating a Zion family? 59.5, love God and love people. 59.6, love your neighbor. 59.9, reconnect to God weekly, daily. This involves prayer, scripture study, pondering, the sacrament on Sunday, attending church. And then 59.10, rest and pay your devotions to God. Keep the Sabbath day reserved to turn your heart and mind to him. From Elder Christofferson, to come to Zion, it's not good enough for you or me to be somewhat less wicked than others. We are to become not only good, but holy men and women. Recalling Elder Neil A. Maxwell's phrase, let us once and for all establish our residence in Zion and give up the summer cottage in Babylon. Let's go on to caring for the poor. He continues in Elder Christofferson. We might ask ourselves, living as many of us do in societies that worship possessions and pleasures, 
whether we are remaining aloof from covetousness and the lust to acquire more and more of this world's goods. Materialism is just one more manifestation of the idolatry and pride that characterize Babylon. Perhaps we can learn to be content with what is sufficient for our needs. The Apostle Paul warned Timothy against people who suppose that gain is godliness. Said he, we brought nothing into this world and it is certain that we can carry nothing out and having food and raiment, let us be there with content. That's found in 1 Timothy 6, 7 through 8. In much of the world, we are entering upon unsettled economic times. Let us look after one another the very best we can. He then shares a story that I want to share with you. It really illustrates this principle of caring for the poor. He says, I remember the story of a Vietnamese family that fled Saigon in 1975 and ended up living in a small mobile home in Provo, Utah. A young man in the refugee family became the home teaching companion to a brother Johnson who lived nearby with his large family. The boy related the following. One day, Brother Johnson noticed that our family had no kitchen table. He appeared the next day with an odd-looking but very functional table that fit nicely against the trailer wall across from the kitchen sink and counters. I say odd-looking because two of the table legs matched the tabletop and two did not. Also, several small wooden pegs stuck out along one edge of the worn surface. Well, soon we used this unique table daily for food preparation, for eating some quick meals. We still ate our family meals while we sat on the floor in true Vietnamese fashion. One evening, I stood beside Brother Johnson's front door as I waited for him, just inside Brother Johnson's front door, as I waited for him before a home teaching appointment. There in the nearby kitchen, I was surprised to see it was a table practically identical to the one they'd given to my family. The only difference was that where our table had pegs, the Johnson's table had holes. I then realized, seeing our need, this charitable man had cut his kitchen table in half and had built two legs for each half. It was obvious that the Johnson family could not fit around this small piece of furniture. They probably didn't fit comfortably around it when it was whole. Throughout my life, this kind act has been a powerful reminder of true giving. I love that story. What stands out to me is that obviously, Brother Johnson wasn't a rich man. He had a large family, and if he had, was a man of means, if he had a lot of money, he could have purchased his table to give and fill the need. But out of his small means, he gave to help someone in need. And this required sacrifice and showed a Zion-like love. In section 58 that we're studying, verse five, it says, remember this, which I tell you before, that you may lay it to heart and receive that which is to follow. So remember this, be unified, be holy, care for the poor, lay it to heart. 
that we will be prepared to receive all that is to come in the days ahead. Challenge question. We discuss several things that we need to be and do under each heading, unity, being holy, and caring for the poor. I want you to choose one thing, just one thing that you'll work on this week and tell me what you chose. Have a great week, everyone. And remember to always follow the Savior's admonition to come follow me.